Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we're going to have a beautiful conversation with a very conscious content creator named Janani. So before we get into this conversation, um, I just want to acknowledge because of her work, how important it is for all of us to have an awareness of and acknowledgement of mental health, our own, and also having respect and understanding, compassion for what others may be going through. And it's so interesting now, um, my friends and I talk about it all the time, how when we were growing up, this definitely wasn't a topic of conversation. And in fact, a lot of us in you know, um, previous generations were raised in ways to really stuff and repress our emotions, our feelings, and definitely not to acknowledge or address what may have really been going on for us. And so interestingly, now a lot of us in this work of self-discovery and um, what many of us may call our journey of awakening our spiritual path, our spiritual quest, whatever it is, in that a lot of us come into relationship with what it is that we have been holding and how these different thoughts, memories, experiences, um, stories have really had an impact on so many aspects of our being, whether it's how we feel, how we show up in life, um, different stressors and anxieties are various triggers we end up learning a lot. And fortunately, now there is more space, open space for these kinds of conversations and more awareness. And a lot of people who are very intentionally creating sacred space for people to come and share and heal. So, as we know, of course, this comes in so many different forms. Um, through the podcast alone, you know, it's been incredible hearing about all of the ways that people may be inspired to heal themselves or have created uh, content or systems or whatever it may be to support others along the journey. So today we are going to meet one of these contributors. Her name is Janani, and she is the creator of a magazine called The Indian Standard. And when I read about Janani's work, what I thought was so interesting is that very specifically, her magazine highlights mental health stories to and from South Asians. And she also has a space on the site where people can submit their stories. But it's so beautiful because of her own um, path, her own life experiences, her own culture, and also being one who lives in a culture that's outside of her culture of origin. She saw a need and the importance of this type of space being created, and so she did. So Janani also started what she calls by Janani, as a creative outlet for her own mental health and spiritual journey back in 2020. And she found that the more vulnerable she was, the more her audience resonated with her thoughts and feelings. And she'll share some of that with us today. She was led down a path of self-discovery, growth, and finding a unique community. And through sharing her personal journey on her Instagram and TikTok pages, and also sharing other people's stories through her magazine, The Indian Standard. Janani's purpose is to inspire people to heal themselves and become confident in the power of owning and being the oper operative force of their own reality. So a lot of what she has explored before you may find throughout her content. And like so many, she has or still is evolving in what it is that, which tools um, support her way and her path. 
So she has tapped into various processes like subconscious reprogramming, the law of assumption, and she also includes Hinduism in her work. And Janani has created a space that allows all genders and all people to feel self-acceptance and courage, self-trust, confidence, and ultimately lead their lives with love. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation with her. But another thing I want you to know about Janani before we meet her is that not only did this start, her work start as a space for her to share. I believe it was a blog. And then that evolved to, again, uh, sharing on social media. And then that evolved into her creating this beautiful magazine, which you can um, learn more about all of her work at her website, which is byjanani.com. The link is below, of course. But this has also evolved into now she is creating um, a series of documentaries that accompany her magazine. And so the first one has been published and it is available to view on her website as well. It's called Senseless. And I really recommend that you check that out. It was very good. So I'm sure that something in here in this conversation will inspire you that you will relate to it. And again, if you want to learn more about Janani and her work, be sure to visit her website by Janani.com. And I will see you on the other side of this conversation. Hey, everyone, welcome to this episode of Reiki Radio. We are here with the beautiful Janani. And I am very excited about where our conversation will go because there's so much beauty that you're sharing through your content and with the world. So I want to thank you first for taking the time to come and talk to us today. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this discussion. Like even just the name itself, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm very excited. And I was so curious about your personal story because a lot of what you share, you really do highlight and make sure the voices within your community are very heard. And even that in of itself is beautiful. And I want to talk about the importance of that and the visibility and the understanding. Oh, so <laughs> many things, my love. But I have to ask first, what inspired you to share in all the ways that you are sharing now? What is your story? Yeah. Um, so I had a, so I got like diagnosed with depression pretty young. Um, and I've always been like kind of a lonely kid. Like it was just, I think like a lot of people in our space can kind of resonate with that. Like where it's like, you know, you grew up kind of isolated or like kind of a different person, like from the crowd or the masses. And you're just like, what's wrong with me? Um, and so I just kind of always was like a really creative person. Like I would host like, um, like my friend and I would make bracelets and like, we would like put them everywhere. I would, I would sell bows at school. I would like, I just was like a born entrepreneur or like born like something like what what I knew that I was going to like be the business owner of something um and so just me being a little bit different and then not knowing how to process it um not really feeling like I had the community to talk to it it all led to like a pretty dark space um and it continued through college and I made a lot of um on decisions that were aligned to that perspective, but not aligned to the perspective that I have today. Um, And so I try to, I try to speak with like a little bit of forgiveness about my past self because she's, I know she's listening. (laughs) Um, And so I, you know, just, I wasn't the, I wasn't like the version of myself that I would say I woke up every day and I'm like, I'm proud of you. Um, And so that, that version of me was really struggling with just like dealing with these voices in her head, telling her she wasn't good enough. She wasn't this, she wasn't that, she wasn't that, she wasn't that, and was very much like a lack mentality. Um, And then once I left college, it was 2020 when I graduated um, from Indiana University and I, it was COVID obviously. So we got sent home uh, from school in March and I had a lot more time to myself. And I had a blog that I was writing on for a while up until that point. And I just like started writing about this toxic relationship that I was in in college. Um, And once I posted, I posted on my story and that's something that I never really did. Like I would never 
like post a blog I would always have that blog like very private for myself like tumblr all of that was like very private and like kind of my diary but for some reason I felt like I wanted to post it on my story and a lot of people from my college like messaged me on Instagram I was like oh my god I had no idea that you were going through this or I had no idea that you were feeling this way or me too and like it was a very powerful like few days where I was like wow like a lot of people I mean, I think they, I think if I had shown up as my authentic self, I feel like maybe I would have had a better experience in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I kind of had a lot of like respect for the people who came forward. And, and those were the people that I really wasn't expecting. Like those were the people that I felt like were part of my, my problem at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to hear from them and say like, Hey, like, I didn't know you were struggling. Thank you for sharing this. I was like, okay, wow. And so then it just kind of continued. Like I was just post about my my story and like my experience and my mental health and like what I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Cause I felt like no one was talking about the day-to-day. Like everything was all about like, oh, I went through this and this is how I healed. And like I wanted to know like what was going on in between. In between. There's like that that part where like it's ugly and it's not the most glamorous. And so I wanted to show that. Um and I just started doing that. And then like, I think it was like June of that year, June 21st. I know that exact date. I don't know why I'm pretending like I don't. It was June 21st, 2020, where I was like, I called my boyfriend, now husband on the phone. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to start a magazine. And he was like, what do you mean? Why? How? And I was like, um, it's going to be a part of the, it's going to be like a blog extension, but I, the blog is not giving me what I wanted to give. And so I want like a paper magazine. I'm going to make it. And he was like, how are you going to do that? And I was like, I don't know. Um, and, but it's going to be called the Indian standard. Um, and so then a month later, the magazine was done and we launched in August and it was very like fast moving. Um, and then I gained a bunch of followers and it was just like this very, like, I knew that I was going to be in the space. I just didn't think that it was going to happen as fast as it did. Um, And then now we're at the point where like the followers and those kinds of things are not as like, uh, are not the metrics that I use to to talk about my success or anything. But uh, it was definitely very alarming to just be like, okay, wow, like people care about mental health. People care about spirituality. People care about religion. Um, And to find that community was so powerful for me. Wow. That's incredible, especially because, you know, a lot of times people have some kind of inspiration, but will talk themselves out of it because it doesn't make sense. Or how would I really get this done? I love that you were like, I don't know, but we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Um, I I have to ask you this because I think this comes up for a lot of people when you spoke about the other version of yourself, how you'd wake up and sometimes feel like I'm not good enough and the stories that we can create. And a lot of times we will look at people and think like their life is perfect. Like they have great family, they have cute clothes, like whatever the things we would judge or assume that people should be happy. Right. So I, I just wanted to ask you in your experience at that time, was it the expectation you were putting on yourself did you not want to disappoint people like what were you judging yourself against or you know what were you holding yourself to that's a really good question um I think in college I I look back and I'm like I wanted to be an investment banker like Mm -hmm. that was my dream like in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the people that I had surrounded myself with. Um, not to say that they were bad people by any yeah. means. It was just more like the goals that they had great. Like I had such a, um, I've always been a very like open person, I would say. And when when you're an open person, I feel like you just have like this large funnel and like you just like accept everyone's feedback. Yeah. Uh, and so like, and it makes you a very like sensitive person in a good way because you're able to like, understand other people a little bit better maybe you're able to like communicate with them easier but then it also makes you really susceptible to like negativity in a sense like you just kind of like internalize everything and I take everything personally and like I've always been that way um and so I would think that I think I was just really easily influenced back then um and I didn't really like stand in my 
truth. Like I always knew that I wanted to be in like the creative industry, but I think because I was surrounded by a bunch of brown people who were really, really aggressive in finance, um, really, really aggressive in finding that job, getting that job, get that security, get that stable job. And it was like very much like a structure of my business school. Um, I think, yes, I was, I was really deeply influenced by my community. I was deeply influenced by the way that like, I didn't think that I was, I would, I didn't think I was matching up to my parents' expectations. Um, I didn't, like, I knew I wasn't, you know, that's the thing. Cause like now I feel like I am, even though I'm not doing the career that they probably, oh, I am in a way, but like, I'm not going on the path that they expected me to go on. Um, but I think that they're more proud of me now, just in the way that I communicate with them and I'm, I respect them a lot more. But back then, because I was like fighting literally everybody, like constantly, I wasn't really like allowing people to respect me either. You know, like there wasn't any self-respect that I had because I wasn't really backing my own decisions. Um and I think like I was just making like a lot of decisions based on like what other people were doing and what I thought my parents wanted me to do without communicating, hey, this isn't working for me. Uh-huh. Like I didn't even have like the perception to say this isn't working for me. Like I couldn't even put those into words because uh-huh. um, I didn't know that it wasn't working. Um, I just knew that I was different and I just accepted it like that, but I didn't actually like process like, oh, there's another option here. (laughs) Like there's, there's other things that you could do. Like there's other things that you're good at, but I just kept putting like a square into a circle year after year, after year, after year, after year for like 10 years straight. Um, And so then once COVID hit, I was like, oh, I'm listening to everybody else. Like I'm putting myself on the standard of like a brown man, like, or not even girl but a brown man um I want to be the brown man that's good at investment banking for whatever reason um and because I felt like I wasn't at that level of masculinity or femininity or whatever the case may be that balance wasn't there I was like oh I must just not be smart (laughs) or or I must not just be intelligent maybe I'm not hardworking. and then that's the spiral that I would go into I don't know if that answered your question yeah yeah no it did and it's interesting too because you mentioned a little while ago how, you know, you got to a point where you decided, okay, I'm going to share, be very vulnerable in this relationship, right? That I had gone through, but you said there was stuff you were sharing more privately before as well. Mm. I'm so curious of like, when you did put yourself out there, could you talk about the healing aspect from two lenses? So what was it like to just be that vulnerable and put it out there? What did that do for you? But then also the response how did that also contribute to your healing process? You're going to laugh. And I, I think people might not fully, I maybe, I hope this makes sense. But I think when you put yourself out there, like genuinely, truly not expecting like really like followers or like responses, like I didn't expect anything. In res- and, and I'll say, I'm saying that for a reason, because they have, there have been times since then where I have done things expecting a response um and so when I was doing that without expecting a response I think I realized like how small I really am in the grand scheme of life and it was like an extremely humbling experience because I think when you put yourself out there you realize like oh a lot of people have been doing this for a long time Mm -hmm. um and you're just gonna get thrusted into the space of like I'm actually like I'm actually having to live in this duality duality like you have to like really understand that you are this amazing, great human being, but you're also very small in the, in the grand scheme of life. And there's that duality that you have to kind of sit in. Um, And I think that when you are putting yourself out there, you you're like thrusted in the middle of that. And you're like, Hey, look at how, look at how great other people are and look at how great you are, you know? And it forces you to not like compare yourself to other people and and you have to like really get used to being in that middle ground um and so that in terms of healing I think it opened up the idea of duality for me Mm -hmm. um and I didn't really realize how much we live in duality like every single second of every day um up until that point because I thought like okay there's like a future here like I could do something with this I could do something with writing and and with magazine work and like creation and, and things like that um but it's really up to me and yeah. there there are pathways open for me, but it's really up to me to like carve my own. Um, and so, cause there isn't like a South Asian mental health space that creates magazines. Like it's very niche. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, um, and so I had to, I, it's like, yeah, you have to really live in that duality and be okay with, with both. Um, 
both truths that I'm, I'm a small person that knows very little about this universe, but I'm also wise and that I've learned thus far. Right. Um, and so there's, there's that balance there. So I have to ask you about this because you've mentioned it a few times, but I, it's something I'm very curious about anyway, is the magazine. So the magazine for everyone listening is called the Indian standard mm-hmm. and it's incredible now to see, I guess, because of social media. Well, I know I'm a bit older than you, but growing up, there really wasn't representation Mm-mm. period, <laughs> like um, across the board. And now um, because of social media and, you know, the um, industry is changing in some ways where we're now starting to see more mm, representation to some degree of different <laughs> cultures, but not not fully and not necessarily fully away from stereotypes, to mm-hmm. be quite frank, right? But then yeah. we have social media where now we are seeing more of people's lives. And I think it humanizes all of us in a lot of ways. And it it just it's changing so, so much. And so when I saw your work, the magazine, and that you also are very specifically giving voice to South Asian people and with about mental health I was so curious of you know I mean I could assume why so important but Mm -hmm. could you talk about the importance of this and why you decided to do it in the format that you're doing yeah so in terms of importance um you know I feel like so it started off as a mental health magazine like strictly mental health stories to and from South Asians it actually used to be called it was always the Indian standard but the motto used to be a guide to a modern Indian American um and that's what I I it's funny because I was I was scrolling I was stalking myself on the Indian standard and I was like I want to see how how it's going on like how much I've grown and things like that and I saw that and I was like whoa I I really did refer to it as a as a guide um and I was specific about that for some reason, but it was always about like mental health in particular, because not only like there's obvious reasons, right? Like it's not really talked about in our community in like our minority communities, like really the last priority. Um, Cause there's like other needs that need to be met up until that point. Plus mental health is a Western word. Um, you know, we are dealing with mental health in India, but it's in a completely different way. It's like the community there is much more welcoming of like everybody like you go to India you go you literally live on like a flat you go downstairs you go to the grocery store you walk everywhere you go 10 steps down you get to see your family and friends like it's a community here we're separate Um, and I'm not saying like because you can have there's harm in an extremely individual society and an extremely collective society so there's definitely a middle ground there that needs to be achieved Um, but in India they don't call it like how are you doing? How's your mental health? How's your mental state? Like no one asks questions like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that that's like, they are not progressive in that they, they could do some work, but they're, but at the same time, like when those people immigrated here to America and now their kids are, you know, different, like clearly color, everything, racism is such a thing when we were so, when we were young, um, you know, we go, you go back home and you're like oh I'm in a completely different environment like I have to be a different person outside and a completely different person inside mm-hmm. um, and that really messes up with the kid's head um, and it messed up my head it messed up a lot of our friends heads. like we all got bullied to a point where it changed us like completely um, and so I think like when it comes to mental health stories at first what I was really trying to do was trying to get everyone to talk um, because, and, and I tried to use myself as an example, like I can't ask people to be vulnerable online if I myself am not. Um, and so that's why it was important for me to consistently be vulnerable. Like no matter how hard it was, no matter how much like of a, I call, sometimes I'm like how much of a rat I looked like in the morning, like it doesn't matter. Like I, I'm getting up there because I'm here to talk about mental health. Like people don't need to care about what I look like. Yeah. Um, and so those things were really important and I wanted people to to do that. Now I'm transitioning, especially with like the documentaries that we're re- releasing this year and the magazine itself this year, volume four has completely changed the uh, trajectory of where I want the magazine to go. Now I want to educate um, people about our roots when it comes to spirituality and religion, the spiritual texts that we have, the religious texts that we have, and bring it back to education. Because I think that the more you surrender to knowledge, the more you realize, like, I know 
X percent of Hinduism or Buddhism, whatever the case may be. I know X percent of the religion that my parents taught me. And, you know, it's important. We're born into this family for a reason. Like we've got to follow our like our heritage, our ancestry. Um, and I want to inspire people to go back to their parents and ask them that. And if it's not their parents, ask someone in their family. If it's not their family, ask one of the elders in your community. Like, go back and find somebody to teach you something. Um, and that's what I really want to encourage. Because I think it's important not only for future generations, but for our internal healing to feel like we have something to rely on. Mm -hmm. um, so much of our lives these days are individual. Um, if you want me to pause, I can do that yeah. before I get Well, you know, it's really interesting because this has been a theme I've heard from so many people of color, various cultural backgrounds. And, but there is this um, obvious, it feels like a return to the roots, return to lineage, but it feels like such a matter of importance for people to really feel that sense of connection. And interestingly, it's also what is bringing people together, this uh, desire to learn and reconnect and understand and embrace, re-embrace the self. I think a lot of people don't um, necessarily, if it hasn't been their experience, mm -hmm. understand just how traumatic it can be to grow up in a culture that is not necessarily your own and while people may think they're nice, there are still so many ways that your differences pointed out and that you, um, in a lot of ways, have to pretend, I guess, that you feel normal or you're, you've acclimated or just all of these layers. And so there, there is a lot that ends up being internalized. Um, and so a lot of this isn't understood. So it's it's interesting that you bring this up. And it makes me think of in your documentary which is called seamless and everyone you should watch it you can watch it from our website but one of the people in the documentary he said it felt like he was a character in other people's stories and he was saying that because of the lack of representation in the environment he grew in and that grew up in and it really struck me I was like wow this work that she's doing like even though I'm sure you know, it's you watch and listen to what you share and what you give people space to share. And I couldn't help but wonder if she really understands how impactful this is, what she's doing, how important it is, what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So I want to transition into that a little bit, my love, because of the magazine, now you have these documentaries that you're, I mean, <laughs> Just keep, keep creating, keep going bigger. It's beautiful. <laughs> so the one that I saw is called Seamless. Is this the Senseless. first of a series of a series? Yeah. So Senseless is a, so, so this is the first year that we're actually like executing on the vision. Yeah. Um, the magazine is, used to be like every month. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually work a nine to five job as well. Mm -hmm. um, I work in banking. It's funny. That's why it's, funny the previous story <laughs> um but I work in banking um and I I have always like I started my job August of 2020 so I've always had my platforms and I've always had my nine to five job and I've worked the same nine to five job for the past three years um and so I've always had both so when people ask me like how do you do both I'm like I don't know any different like it would be weird if I didn't have one um or the other um and so I've always had both and I think that, so at the beginning, I was releasing magazines every month. Um, and that was insane. It was way too much for me. I think I got overconfident because I was like, because I had that June, July, right, where I wasn't working. And so I was able to, to make that magazine in a month. And I was like, okay, it took you a month to do this. Why can't I take a month every other month? And I didn't account for the fact that there's stuff that happens in life that yeah. prevents you from things that you, so I've learned a lot over the last couple of years to create space in my creativity and like schedule things in a way. And I say this, like, like I like to use my like masculine energy. That's, that's the way that I think about it, you know, to schedule my life and to plan for things and to be very organized and to, to create structure so that I can give myself the ability to flow within that structure. Um, and I feel very balanced when I do that because I'm able to like rely on someone else or myself, my past self to tell me what to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then I can just flow. 
Um, and so that's kind of what I've been doing. And that opened up the gateway of the documentary because I was like, I was sitting there and I was like, I should make a documentary. And it was like, <laughs> like it just came to my brain. And I, I, I remember sitting in my Philly apartment like two years ago and I was like, I turned on Netflix and I was like, I'm going to have one of those. Um, my documentary is going to be there one day. <laughs> I, I just had it in my head that that's what I was going to do. And then a couple of years later, I mean, like literally February of this year, when we put that together, it was like a, it was a, it was a moment for me to be like, okay, this is possible. Like it's important for you to keep dreaming. So we have, we just shot and filmed our second documentary last weekend. Wow. Uh, we're going to shoot and film and, and do everything for the magazine and the documentary on August or October 7th and 8th for the third issue. So there's going to be three installments this year. It's always summer solstice, autumnal equinox, and then winter solstice to kind of give my astrology roots uh, a little nod. Um, and so those three issues are are going to be the thing every year now and that's the new structure that we're following um and I, I say we because I do have a production team now which is really exciting um but the actual magazine itself I put it together 100% on my own um wow. and then the documentary I edit with my videographer so it's like it's crazy I mean I I wanted to I wanted to bring an element to the the whole I guess firm I guess mm-hmm. um that I couldn't do in the magazine because in a magazine you you read your process that's well and good a documentary you've got sound you've got lighting you can tell a story in a much deeper way um and I can push my theme a little bit harder with duty and with uh, the next one's going to be devotion and then the next one's going to be destruction like I can push that theme further and further and further in a way that I might not be able to do in the magazine yeah it's interesting and just to correct so everyone knows it's called senseless I think I said seamless but it's oh, senseless. <laughs> and um I was going to ask you about duty because that's something I've seen and heard throughout your um content that you create and I was like well what's her duty because you asked mm-hmm. everybody in the documentary um so I do want to touch on that with you but so the way that you're doing it then is there going to be a documentary that corresponds with the magazine so there'll be like a dual like a partnered yeah. release each time. That is amazing. Thank That's you. really amazing. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you about this too. We're going to get back to the documentaries and magazine because I want everyone to know how they can access both. But in your own journey, mm-hmm. you started out sharing um, different philosophies and things that you may have been practicing. Was that to support your mental health? And then now- how has and why has the transition come to return to the roots, as you say, because you spoke a little bit about that, but can you talk about where that transition happened for you? Sure. So I grew up in a very, very traditional religious household. Um, and when you when I say that, I know the a lot of the first thought is like, oh, oppression, oh, religious mm-hmm. oppression. And that actually was not my experience at all. Yeah. Um, my dad, like we have a lot of things in our culture where it says like, you can't pray on your period. Um, you can't do this on your period. You can't do this as a woman. You can't do this as a woman. My dad never put that on me, um, not even for a day. Never made me feel less than for being a girl. And I don't think that that's a common experience in an Indian household, especially in an Indian traditional religious household. Um, my dad was the leader of, a, of our temple for about like 15 years. And like, so for him to not put that on me, I, I respect now because I, I can see how, like he could have totally, totally went in the opposite direction. Like a lot of my, my friends, unfortunately had to go through. Um, and so there was never like a like there was a transition in terms of like how I studied the material um but there wasn't one that necessarily let me backtrack so when I was in college I think I lost touch to my spirituality in a funny in like my practice sense um I never meditated. I never practiced yoga. And those two things are so important to me now. Like, it's like really hard for me to go on my day without having those two with prayer. Um, and so those those are very important. And I didn't have that for a long time. Like, I didn't have like a grounded practice because my dad and my mom, they never really taught me 
to have a practice. They told me pray every single day and do this, but they never were like, oh, sit down and meditate or go go practice yoga. They're not those types of spiritual people. Um, and there was like a divide when I came to tell my parents like, hey, I, I meditate and I practice yoga now. And they're like, isn't that the same thing as prayer? And I'm like, oh, kind of not really. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I definitely take like, I'm a much more like, I guess, open-minded person in the sense that I will take any sort of spiritual knowledge and and yeah. keep it as my arsenal because I just love it all um, from all different cultures. Um, and so, so I've integrated meditation and, and spiritual and yoga uh, as of like two years ago. And I had like an official yoga instructor. I, I was, I went the very official way. Um, and then I think recently, I think November of the end of last, so November of last year, when I got the download for volume four, for everything that happened this year about the documentary and the magazine and like what it was going to be about, I was learning about duty in my Bhagavad Gita classes with my dad. He's a teacher and he teaches over like hundreds of students on, on like the phone and like in the community. He like goes to people's houses and teaches them. And he's been a teacher for as long as I can remember. Um, and my parents both, my mom teaches astrology. My dad teaches like oh, wow. uh, text. Yeah. So it's very, I'm like, I grow up in like a very like teacher education heavy household, which kind of informs why I want to do what I want to do. Um, but that transition came because I just was so interested in the history of our heritage. And I never asked my, my dad questions like my, my husband, you know, he asked why, 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 why all the time. But because my parents, like, I don't know what it was, like, maybe they never pushed me. Maybe they never like said anything that I disagreed with innately, but I never asked any questions. Like they were like, pray. And I was like, okay, like, well, I'm not have a problem with it. <laughs> So I just listened to them in that regard um, and I never asked them any questions. And then now as like my husband and I are thinking about when we want to have children, we're like, what are we going to teach our kids? We don't know anything. <laughs> like, I don't know anything that comes that has to do with our scripture. Like I know a little, but so I think that was a transition realizing that like, it's my job to, to teach the next generation. And I want that responsibility. Um, and for me to have that, I want to start now and start learning. So I requested my dad to teach me Bhagavad Gita. And it turned into like this massive thing um, where there's like a, there's like all these classes in our in our community now that he teaches. And it, it turned into a thing that I wasn't expecting. I just asked my dad to teach me class to teach me the Bhagavad Gita. So that's that was the main transition um, that occurred that made me like very steeped in it now. Yeah, I'm curious a couple of things are coming to mind as you're sharing. One is the, mm, I think there's more of a curiosity now of yeah. the culture because now we do see more, especially in the realm of spirituality, a lot of people are drawn into Buddhism, Hinduism, and even just the um, curiosity of the different deities that are represented within the culture too. So there's a lot of windows, I think, of curiosity even through the lane of yoga and all of these things which is very interesting I feel like I could have a whole nother show to ask you about that yeah let's do it <laughs> yeah I'm like because I, I really want to go down that that path yeah. as well but curious from your point of view and what you're studying and what you're learning like what is the underlying teaching for you like what about this connection to the religion that you feel like is speaking life and truth into you oh that's such a good question um and there is like the the one answer um and I hope that I, I think this will ground me for like the rest of the teaching experience that I have so there's a word called jivatma jivatma is who we are atma means soul jiva human so jivatma is a person uh paramatma means god and in our scripture, it tells us that the thing that we need to focus on and understand thoroughly is the relationship between Jivatma and Paramatma. So the relationship between you and God. And that's all it asks you to do, to inquire on that. That's like the only instruction. Yeah. And so when I heard that, and it was so simple, it was like, all I really need to do is focus on my relationship. Um, and I think that that is what ignites this whole thing because it's like 
what so what about my relationship like where do I go after I die like what's going on here like is there like what does the past life look like what does the future life look like like do I does my soul graduate and stay with God forever how do I make that happen and then there's like all these different thought processes that go on but I would say the one thing that really really keeps me in this is just like the humility that I experience when I'm learning because yes. I'm like I It's not even like that. I. It's not that I don't know anything or I do know something. It's more about like there's just so much that I haven't investigated within myself quite yet, and so much to come in life. That so long as I focus on my relationship with like with with God and with the universe and with other people, I will always be okay. Yeah. Um, And and focusing on that relationship means so much to me now that it it has changed my lifestyle habits. It's changed the way that I've even perceived God. It's changed the way that I've perceived myself. Like I barely perceive myself as a person anymore. Like it's really nice to just be like, oh, I'm experiencing, I'm a spiritual being experiencing this human experience. And it's nice to, to fall back on that thought process to being like, the soul is experiencing genity. This ex- the soul is experiencing this human life. Um, and there's so much that she wants to see that the soul wants to see through my eyes. She selected me, you know, like I got to show them a good time. <laughs> and so that that's kind of like, I guess, my grounding. Uh, the, again, everything you say, I'm like, oh, so many things I want to ask you. So <laughs> that is really, really beautiful. And it's funny. Um, just recently, I interviewed a woman who is coming out of religion into spirituality, but she had a totally different yeah. experience. But I was telling her my path was my mom wasn't religious. And she was just like, listen, if there's a God, all you have to do is be a good person. That has to be the recipe. Right. But she told me to explore for myself. So I had friends of all different cultures. So I had friends that were Buddhist friends that were Catholic, all just Muslim, everything. And I would always ask everyone like, why, why do I'm more like your husband, right? Like, why, well, why do you believe that? And why, and why? And so it led me to that thought exactly like I need to figure out who God is for myself because you all seem confused. Everybody's saying different things. And yeah. And so that really was um, always the goal for me to really, truly understand that. And it has been what has led me in this work as well. Wow. You remind me of um, in the study of alchemy, there's a Latin phrase called aura et labora which means pray and work, but it's basically to say like, don't try to function in life or your day to day without bringing in or recognizing mm-hmm. that connection to God or spirit or, you know, universe, yeah. whatever you want to call. So it's really, really beautiful. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> that's, that's exciting that you kind of thought that too, without really having like the same path, like that kind mm-hmm. of rings to that, that validates like this is true then, right? Like if we're all kind of coming or a lot of us are coming to the same conclusion, but our paths are different. Like mm-hmm. how how cool is that where we can come to like a truth where, okay, are your relationship with the universe and spirit and God is what matters most, right? Yeah. Like your action and inaction is going to take you where it's going to take you, right? right. Um, but, you know, the less control we have and the more we focus on our relationship, meaning like our thoughts, yeah. our feelings like our connection to everything around us like how cool is that that we both came it's to the same incredible place? yeah that's that's the stuff that gets me so excited that's why I want to have like 10 conversations with you <laughs> but I have to ask you this because what you said made me wonder about this too because a lot of people tend to think or feel anyway that their their quest for truth and spirituality and going into those meditative spaces it's almost depressing to them to then have to reconnect with you know the day-to-day life and these things and listening to you it sounds like you do a good job of like not separating the two like you are in this recognition of living in that expression of reverence and gratitude for the divine yeah and just at least having the awareness of it right so I wanted to ask you how do you do that like do you pray throughout the day like what do you do yeah. to keep that kind of balanced? Yeah, I mean, uh, our in in Hinduism, uh, Paramatma is uh, Lord Vishnu for us, for me, um, and so Lord Vishnu, the our in our entire world, you know, when he when he inhales, he takes in the entire world. When he exhales, our world is created. So time functions very differently 
up there <laughs> and down there. Um, and like the seventh dimension, he's sitting there, he's still exhaling while we're talking. Uh, you know, when you think about it like that, because like when when you inhale, the entire world goes back within him. When he exhales, he's creating the entire world. So our world that we're living in is his exhale. So you just got to breathe. Hmm. I think like that to me was the lesson. Like when I when I realized like our breath is like that life force, right? It connects the outward outside world with our inside world. We yeah. learned that in yoga a lot. And it's really reinforced, like breathe, 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 breathe. And that was the hardest thing for me to understand. Like, you know, when I was watching this movie, it was called Arrival. I don't know if you've seen it. No. Um, it's really, really good. You should watch it. It's about this language professor who's communicating with like different dimensional figures. Um, and she like explains that like a lot of our world is about that movie and also the uh, Lucy movie with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I cried when I saw Lucy. Lucy was time. crazy. Yeah. Lucy, in, in that movie, she says, uh, people are so concerned with having instead of being. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that sentiment so much. Like, I just could not wrap my, I still like have trouble with it. Like, what does that even mean? Like, be, right? <laughs> and like, to me, like, when you understand being, I think you understand your relationship with God. So like, tangible things that I do you know when I'm sitting like I'm sitting down on my ground right now like I, I imagine my pelvis to the floor like I'm focusing on my pelvis on the ground I'm focusing on all, like the points where my body is touching the ground um and so just very I'm trying to be very cognizant about like my body mm -hmm. um and then my breath is really important because I do pray all day um I like I'm thinking about him all the time um, at least I try to, because when it, when you try to say his name in your own head, it takes longer to say it in your head than it does out loud. Like out loud, we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. In our head, it takes a long time because you get distracted. You get you yeah. think about other things or like other stuff comes up or work. Your boss emails you or your mom texts you or like there's all these things. And so I try to like I really try to maintain this meditative state within me. I'm not perfect by any means. Like I'm I'm still like just learning how to integrate it, but it's been really helping. Like just focusing on different points of my body, touching different things, witnessing different things and trying to be that observer a little bit more is hopefully going to get me into the path of being instead of observe or having. So that's my, that's my, like, I think priority at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it's been, again, like one of the things I've been trying to experience because I know a lot of this, we wouldn't even be able to articulate it once we actually experience it anyway. Right. And I um, and I meditate, I always say if I could only do one thing, meditation would be it. I fell in love yeah. with it and I, I every day I have to meditate. Mm -hmm. But it's funny you say, because there was this, it's been, I think 20 days now, I told myself I'm going to do this 30 day challenge. And I, I just wanted, I had to make it as a challenge for myself so that I would stick to it. So I would really do it every day. And I was like, I'm going to concentrate on knowing, being in my awareness about something, like something in particular every day. That was my intent. And then as I sat in meditation, something was shifting, like, no, just know your essence, like just know your being, right? And I remember like feeling something and I kind of thought like, that's kind of cool, but I came out like, well, how the hell do you do that? And I was like, wait, what? How do you do that? So I've been sitting every day in that, trying to be open to going deeper mm -hmm. into the experience or witnessing or something of that. And it has been an interesting, I mean, really, really, really interesting. But I notice. And I want to ask you if you ever have any of this. There's a part of me I recognize a little bit of fear that comes up with, but what if I do recognize any any layer of something that may change me in such a way? Like there's a part of me that has a, a resistance to how far do you go where it's still safe, I guess? Like there's a part of me that is trying to release the resistance of total yeah. surrender yeah I get that I think like there's I don't really like I guess I don't know my limit quite yet like I don't know exactly where I haven't gone yeah <laughs> but, yeah but I do think that there is that like because I feel like when you go into these okay there's so it's so 
there's so much to it, right? Like when you make these changes and you're like, I'm going to meditate, right? Then there's like a lifestyle changes that happen around it. And then you go into meditation, you have these different thoughts that changes something else about your life. And like all your your life like can shift in literally a couple of days as a result of meditation. It's happened to me so many times. Um, So it is scary because you're like, I kind of know that I'm going to change as a result of this. I just don't know like if I'm ready to let go of my past self yet or like the version that I'm, I am at right now. Um, And like, I'm kind of uncomfortable to, to, to live up to that version of me in a sense. Cause it's like, you know, that there's going to be something expected of you when you are forced to let go of something and you have to let go and like it can happen subconsciously, but then it has to happen consciously. And that that conscious part is is scary because you're like, I, I don't know, like, am, am I going to be good enough to be that person that that is like so, you know, with it? Like, who even is she? Like, do I have to wear different clothes now? Like, there's a whole like thing, identity that changes when you change. Right. Yeah. I, I totally recognize and feel that like I, I, I go through that like daily. <laughs> yeah. Like. It's funny because when you're saying that. Now, it reminds me of something I saw you shared, a post that you shared about, because as you're saying, I'm like, well, this is an interesting part of the practice too, right? The resistance to this particular fear that I wouldn't have recognized had I not right, whatever, been in that space. But you said, um, this is different, but you said one of your yoga teachers told you, um, I think maybe you had been falling out of the practice, but they told you yep. that was part of the practice too. And I thought that was such an incredible teaching because we get very hard on ourselves. It's funny, like there's a lot of effort of, mm, and a lot of just judgment, I guess. I don't even know what we think it's supposed to be, but right. a lot of us were like, you know, we want to practice well or do it yeah. right, or, you know, kind of measure it to the way we would measure all the other things in life. And I mean, you really can't, but I thought that was such a powerful statement. So I wanted to ask you about that and how that really translated for you? And did it give you any kind of softening or permission? Yeah, I definitely, I was going to use the word permission, um, because it, it definitely did. I think like, it's so like, I think my everything has been so different for me lately. I don't even like, I, I know what video <laughs> you're talking about. So like, it's just crazy to like, hear those words and like kind of hear it in this moment too because I'm like wow I think I needed to hear that um but there's moments where you fluctuate right like you fluctuate with believing in in like the sentiment and you're all about the sentiment and then you forget about it and then there's like another sentence that comes up for me I feel like lately I've definitely like built in time for myself to fall off like I kind of and not in like a way where like I'm not going to be good enough in this time of my life like even that's crazy right that that's our thought process but it's like I've built in time for me to fail or for me to fall off and to not be try not to be afraid of the word fail right try not to be afraid of the word of falling off or like getting off the practice like those kinds of things are like we're like you said we're putting like capitalist thought process on spirituality which is insane um and then we're trying to like quantify how spiritual we are by like the time that we meditate or the the amount we do it I don't even know what I know each each of us look at it differently um sometimes I look at it as like I didn't journal today or Mm -hmm. I didn't meditate today or I didn't work out today I didn't go out for a walk today like I barely got ready today you know like there's like things like that where I where I notice when I'm not doing well, those things will come up. And I think a a big part of it is that we all like, who fall into this path, like we all have like gone through life, you know, we've gone through some stuff. And I think a part of us is also afraid of being back at that place. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this has like helped us in so many different ways that I think a part of me is also afraid of like, I don't want to be depressed again. I don't want to like not be able to get up again. Um, and this saved me. So I have to, I have to keep up with it. Otherwise I'm going to fall back. And it's like, well, okay. So you spent a week in bed and <laughs> so <Yeah>. it's okay. <laughs> like it's fine. Um, you take a week off of work, who cares? Like, you know, you gotta, like, I think it's just this pressure of the outside world to perform and it's, it's changing the way that we're looking at religion and it's changing the way that we look at spirituality, which is so dangerous. Like it's not, we're losing that connection to the divine every single day within ourselves um and this time period is not helping that it's like we have to rely on other people who care about these things to do that because our infrastructure and society is not helping 
Yeah. And I have to ask you this too, because I mean, you've shared so many good points today. I'm sure people are like, I have to listen to this again and take notes and, <laughs> you know, making so many thought bubbles go off. Um, I wanted to ask you, because we're almost out of time with the magazine and now with the uh, documentaries, they're just so beautiful. I have to tell everyone, make sure you go and see her work. Um, it's yeah. incredible. But what do you hope people get from this? Ah, thank you for asking me that. <laughs> I hope that people, um, you know, feel like they can be vulnerable within themselves first. Um, I think like I have some really brave people who come into the magazine and start telling me everything that that went on in their life. And I love that we can do that and we can do that for each other. I hope that one day everyone can feel like they can talk to their parents and say, and say I'm struggling today. Um, and then I also hope that everybody has this like curiosity to learn um, and curiosity to create. I want everyone to be a student forever. And I want people to feel like they can create forever. And I want people to feel like they can be vulnerable forever. Um, those are some really like those goals would have if I if I had had somebody tell me like you're allowed to be vulnerable you're allowed to be creative and you're allowed to learn forever you don't have to know everything today I think that would have unlocked a lot for me um, had I learned that when I was younger so I want kids to feel that way and I want adults to feel that way and I just want us to kind of align on that it's funny to hear you say that because I wanted to ask you like one, I love the idea of being a student forever because that's just my, that's my goal too. I can't, I have to stop buying books. I literally have nowhere else to put them. <laughs> it's become really problematic. But just looking at all that you do and reading some of your story and what you share, I'm like, she's a creator. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. Even just hearing how you're like, yeah, I had the inspiration to do this. So I did it. And then I woke up and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. And so I did it. It's amazing to hear it because again, a lot of people will have ideas, but don't follow the inspiration. So I was wondering, was it because these are people that you know, or did you select artists and creatives intentionally for the documentary? Because I was like, wow, everyone's an artist in some form. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you can select them? Yeah, so the way that it works, I, I come up with the theme for each issue. Um, in this one, I, I kind of talk about it on uh, the BTS video, but basically I like had this download for like what this volume should be, like this whole, when I say download, I mean like just like a random thought process that comes into my brain and it makes me feel like I just, I'm like not in my body. <laughs> um, and so I had this thought process of like, this is what people need to hear for volume four. And I feel like God just kind of like wrote down what each issue had to be this year. And I'm like not even sugarcoating it. That's exactly what happened. And it happened in the shower. <laughs> um, and so I'm like writing in the steam on the shower door on like what my ideas are. Um, so for the first issue, it was about what brings us together. Um, on a surface level, the things that bring us together in our culture are art, movies, um, music, like the things on a surface, like food, like the things. Things that like are culturally helpful to bring us together. Okay. The second issue is about what holds us up. So our traditions, our foundations, our ancestry, the stories of our past, uh, we call them yugams or time periods. Um, so the past and, and, and all of like what holds us up as a society and what holds us, each of us up as a, as a human. Um, and so it's a huge heavy focus on the devotion aspect. Mm -hmm. The third issue is about what divides us. So what separates us? Racism, colorism, sexism, um, you know, the unfair treatment in the wage in the way in the whole textile industry. Just like there's a lot that goes on on like what like all the, the corruption and the greed of our time period that we haven't seen in pre previous time periods. Yeah. Um, and so each of these three issues are uncovering that. And so I've picked people that emulate the thing that I'm trying to explain. So for example, like all artists were a part of the duty issue because music is a very regimented thing. Like when you're when you're working with your craft, like that's what you believe your duty is, right? To give your craft 
craft to other people when I believe that our duty is to be happy and all these other things are our byproduct and they make you happy. Um, but it's not your duty. It's, you know, your, our duty is to remember that Jivatma Paramatma relationship that I was talking about before um, and to be happy, to be grateful. And so each person, like all, like the last issue, a lot of them are writers, right? Because our history is documented in painting and writing. So it's like things like that that I pick up on, um, and like place people accordingly. But yeah, I handpick every single participant. I'm like, the I'm the only one who works on the magazine, so everything is wow. like really up to up to what like my creative you know, I direction and control and things like that. Um, and then I, t I tell my photographer, my videographer, we're doing this on this day and we're doing this on this day. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the general process. That's incredible. And I was looking to, cause I saw that the one that I saw, it had the title Jupiter, but you mentioned your astrology background too. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So I was going to ask you your duty, although you guess, I guess you kind of <laughs> said it. So I will kind of reframe it in that what do you think is your duty as a um like allowing the divine to work through you your duty here out in what it is you are contributing so so I think it's important for me to consistently be and I go back to the same thought process but just consistently be a student the more that I learn the more I could impart Right. Like I can't teach I can't teach people if I'm not myself healthy, happy, learning, you know, being a good person just within my own body. Yes. Um, so it's really important for me to be good to to this body that was given to me, um, you know, because it's not mine. And so I, I try to take like a little bit of a detachment to myself and just say, like, it's not about me. It's about, you know, what what needs to happen through me. Um, and that allows that allows me <laughs> to understand this whole world a little bit better. Um, and so I would say my duty is to always remember that connection and to be grateful for the process, right? Like not every day is going to look like sunshine and rainbows yeah. uh, or to the days when you're in, on your spiritual journey, it actually looks the opposite. Um, it's very purging. It's not like the most fun. It doesn't look glamorous. It's not about yoga mats and cute pants. It's like, it's, it's literally like, you know, you deconstructing who you think you are and changing it um, and like creating a whole different identity. So for me, it's like, that's what it is. It's purging, it's it's healing, it's creating, it's growing. Um, and that's why my bio is heal, create, grow, because I genuinely believe that it's a cycle. Speaking of that, just want everyone to know too, on your website, you have an amazing um, selection of books, of book recommendations that you provide there as well. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed talking to you today. Um, for everyone, this is Janani. And her website is byjanani.com. But of course, I'll have that down in the show description. But also, you can go to theindianstandard.co. That's just .co. And that'll be in the description as well. You have got to see her work and see everything that she is sharing. It is very inspiring. Again, I wonder if you even know how important and beautiful this is all that you're doing but thank just you. thank you for doing it it's a beautiful beautiful contributions oh my love <laughs> thank you so much for having me and having this discussion I feel like you know when when you get onto these podcasts you just never really know what to expect and like yeah. you're like oh like it's we're gonna talk about this and like I, I hate to make it like a commercialize like guys go purchase my products you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's I really wanted this to be like an exchange and like for us to continue the conversation and yeah. uh, if you'd have me back I'd love to be back yes. like it's really like I want to I want to make sure people realize that like each of these like connections are so important even if we're not like talking to you directly in person like mm -hmm. as a listener like we still really we're still energizing and we're still like connecting in a way that we can't even perceive. So yeah, this, no, this means a lot this yeah means and me too. And that's one of the things, I mean, really to me, it's really all about community. And so yeah. while I'm curious and fascinated about you and your work and everything, I'm always thinking too, like if I were listening to this, what would I want to know? And what would I want to yeah. ask her? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I think it's such a gift to be able to share uh, just period so I, I do look forward to talking to you again, because there were so many things we didn't get to talk about. And, you know, because we have such a short window, 
just try to get it all in, but it would be wonderful to have you back. Yes, I would love to. I would love to. And thank you so much for having me. Like, I I can't tell what this this conversation meant to me. So thank you. Thank Thank you. you. And everyone else, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us. You can connect with her work, the magazine, the documentaries, but even just your social media is incredible. Before we go with that, could you tell everyone where to follow you on Instagram? Oh, yeah. So I'm by Jenny everywhere. Um, by dot Jenny on TikTok, on Instagram, by Jenny on my website. Um, and then the Indian standards linked right there. So those are my two main platforms. Okay. So we'll make sure to put those links there as well. Okay. Well, bye, everyone. We will see you next time. Thank you for being with us. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I first of all want to thank Janani again for coming and having this conversation today. Um, I, as always, I'm sure you know how much I love so much how inspiring uh, people are in sharing and trusting and putting things out there in ways that, you know, maybe haven't been done before or just being okay to do it in their own uniqueness. And I hope that that will encourage many of you on your path as well. So again, you can check out her documentary called Senseless. You can also read and purchase her magazine, The Indian Standard, and learn more about the work that Janani is doing. Go to her website, buyjanani.com. The link is below. And yeah, I would love to know what you thought about the episode as well. So feel free to reach out to her. Feel free to reach out to me. You can also follow her on social media, you'll find her at by Janani as well. I believe it might be by Janani. I don't know, but I'll put the exact <laughs> down in the show description for you. And if you want to join me um, for the alchemy circle, or just to get some more tips about, you know, your Reiki practice, working with energetic alchemy, these types of things, you can download the Energetic Alchemist app, which is available through the Apple App Store. Or if you have an Android, you can find it on the Google Play section. And it's free to download and you just put in your email address, register for the app. You'll have access to plenty of free content. You can also do a subscription on the app and get access to even more content. But I hope that that supports you on your path as well. So that is it for now, butterflies. I hope you have a gorgeous rest of your day. And remember to always journey in love.